Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Jatillo Coster. Today's episode is another request from the e-commerce badassery audience. What should we avoid in our email marketing? Specifically, this person replied to one of my emails that had an exclamation mark in the subject line, and she had always heard that using those in subject lines could land you in the spam folder. So she asked, what do we really need to know to keep our emails from going into the spam folder? And that, of course, sounded like the perfect podcast episode. Now, before we get into today's episode, I need you to do one thing. I need you to release all your preconceived notions about spam and things you should avoid. Now, that's not to say that some of what you heard isn't true, but there is also a lot of misleading information around the interwebs about this, and so I might say something that you immediately think is BS if you already have these other ideas in your head. Also no, I am not a technical email deliverability specialist. I don't 100% understand how all the tech things work, but I've sent enough emails, tested a bunch of things, and done a lot of research in my day. So the information I bring to you is based on my experience and those that I've worked with. The first thing I want to remind you of is that rarely is it a specific word, punctuation, or using too many photos that is going to land you in the junk box. Yes, If you overdo it with certain things, it can definitely flag you as spammy. But 99% of the time, the reason you are in the junk box is because the people you are sending emails to are not engaging with your content. It's truly that simple. The best way to stay out of the junk box is to send valuable, engaging emails to people who care about what you have to say. And just like not every person sees the same results on a Google search page or in their social media feeds... Just because you end up in the junk box for one recipient doesn't necessarily mean you're in the junk box for every recipient. These days, platforms are curating the experience for their users based on their behavior. So if someone continually ignores your emails, but you keep sending emails to them, they're going to move you into the spam folder. Or in the case of Gmail, they're going to give a little prompt to the user that says, hey, you haven't opened an email from these people in a while. Do you want to unsubscribe? So I want you to go look at your own inbox and your own junk folder. What email senders are in there? Do you think all of their emails are going to everyone's spam folder? Not likely. An example from my own inbox, Amy Porterfield. Her emails often go to my spam folder, and that's simply because I don't often open or engage with them. And honestly, it's not even because what she has to say is invaluable. It's just that I'm in a season of doing, not learning in my business. Glossier also goes to my spam folder along with mail enhancement emails. Those generally belong there. But you know what doesn't go to my spam? 
emails from my previous job, which for those of you who don't know, was an adult novelties boutique. Those emails often have inappropriate words in them, but I engage with those emails, so they keep landing in my inbox. The other thing I want to clarify is that in Gmail, the promotions tab is not spam or junk. That's still landing in the inbox. And I know there are some hacks out there to get you into the primary tab instead of promotions. And there's lots of tips and tricks on how you can do this or avoid that to stay out of the promo folder. But in my experience, this is all a distraction from the thing you really need to do. Create better content that your customers give a shit about. You've all heard the story about the cobbler's kids who has no shoes, right? Well, I was the email marketer with shitty email marketing up until I finally implemented a better weekly email that brought way more value to my list. And you know what happened? My open rates went up, my click rate went up, and I had multiple people replying to me telling me how much they love my weekly emails. Yes, there is a technical component to email. But more than that, there's a human component. And in most cases, this is what we're missing. The other thing to remember is that spam filters have become much more sophisticated over the years. Just like Google's ranking algorithm, they can understand context. So just because you use the word free once or promote a sale, that doesn't automatically flag you as spam. Not even using all images in your email will send you to the spam folder, even though I still don't recommend that you send fully image emails. Ultimately, spam filters are looking at a lot of different variables like the engagement of your emails overall, such as your average open, click, and spam rates, how this particular user engages with your email, the code, the HTML of your email, excessive capitalization, punctuation, or dollar signs, links to shitty websites, lack of an unsubscribe button, high bounce rates, and the reputation of your IP address and sending domain. So let's talk through some of these. The engagement of your emails overall. There are some specific numbers that email platforms like Gmail, Yahoo, and Hotmail are looking for when they judge your overall engagement. Essentially, they want to see at least a 20% open rate, a 4% click rate, a bounce rate of 0.5% or less, and a spam report rate of 0.08% or less. I go deeper into these email marketing benchmarks in episode 19 of the podcast, so I'll put a link in the show notes for that one. Now with the release of iOS 15, I'd aim for a 25 to 30% open rate because the technology behind that does inflate your open rate. But ultimately, if you're within these ranges, you're doing just fine and you really don't need to worry about this. If you're not hitting those numbers and you do want to increase your metrics, listen to episode 75 of the podcast where I walk you through seven ways you can improve your email marketing results and increase your revenue. This is a really great episode because I break down how to tackle each metric individually. Shitty open rate? Focus on this. Crappy click rate? Focus on this instead. In fact, I had a velvet rope call which is just a one-on-one call with one of my e-commerce membership students. And she was struggling with her emails. They weren't really converting into sales. Her open rate was great. So we knew they were excited to hear from her, but her click rate, mm, not so much. When we looked at the content she was sending, it was very buy my product driven. And she sells a higher end handbag, often in bold prints and colors. I doubt anyone is buying one of those every month. So it wasn't that they didn't want to be on her email list or they didn't care The content just wasn't relevant to them. So if you are experiencing something similar, go back to the content and make sure you're making it more about them 
than about you. Okay, back to the spam thing. If you are generally hitting those benchmarks or close enough, and then you have one email that tanks for one reason or another, is that going to put all of your emails in spam? No, a screw up here or there when your overall performance is good is not going to ruin your reputation. If you continue to have those results, then yes, it could. But if you mess up like me and send an email on Super Bowl Sunday during the game or during the season finale of one of the most popular shows ever like Game of Thrones and you have an open rate of 7%, true story, as long as you bounce back to your regularly positive results, you'll be a-okay. Let's talk about the spam rates too, because this is a big one. In fact, it probably holds the most weight out of everything on the list. If you have a lot of people reporting you as spam, the email service providers are going to listen. They're going to take that as a sign and probably send all your emails to junk. In fact, one of my first clients in e-commerce badassery before my business was even a business or had a name was someone whose emails were going into the junk box, pretty much every single one of them, even her welcome email. When she first reached out to me after seeing me talk about Clavio in a Facebook group, I thought, oh shit, can I even help her? I've spent all my emailing years staying out of the junk box, but I've never really had to get out of it. Since I wasn't 100% sure what I was walking into and whether or not I could help her, I agreed to take a look, but I wouldn't take any money from her. Instead, I asked her for a testimonial if all went well. So I dug into her Clavio account, and what did I find? The expert, and yes, I'm using air quotes, who set up her account initially either didn't know what the fuck they were doing or made a huge error that cost this business their email sending reputation. You've probably heard me talk about this before and I cover it in detail in my Klaviyo course, but Klaviyo doesn't treat subscribers and non-subscribers the same way as MailChimp, which is what most people are used to. Everyone with an email address has a profile in Klaviyo, but that doesn't mean that they've opted in to receive marketing from you. In this case, the CEO was unknowingly sending emails to people who hadn't opted in and was getting a lot of spam reports and overall really shitty metrics. The good news, I was actually able to get her out of the junk box and back in the inbox, and she ended up being a client for a long time after that, essentially up until I stopped offering weekly email maintenance and regular sending. And her email program went on to generate a lot of revenue for her. Now, you're never not going to get spam reports. Some people are just too lazy to scroll down and click the unsubscribe button, so they hit the spam button instead. I imagine these are the same people who are rude to service workers. And the platforms understand this. That's why they give you some leeway. Only 0.08% leeway, but leeway nonetheless. One quick note about this. While that percentage is a good metric to keep your eye on, I don't want you to freak out if once in a while it's a bit higher, especially if you have a small email list because it's a percentage. So if you send an email to 500 people and one person reports you as spam, that's already 0.2. Okay, let's talk about images in your email. This has long been considered an absolute no-no in email marketing. And when Flowdesk came on the scene, there was a big battle about it on the internet. Okay, maybe I'm dramatizing a little bit, but it was a huge topic of conversation. So what's the verdict? Well, honestly, I'm not sure we'll ever really know unless the email platforms tell us one way or another. But instead of thinking of this from a spam or not spam perspective, think of it from the subscriber perspective. If your emails are strictly images, 
What happens if their internet is sucky and it takes a long time for the images to load? Or if they don't have images turned on? Or if they're visually impaired and use a screen reader? What would the experience of the email be like for them? You can totally use images in your emails. I do it. Not only in the emails for e-commerce badassery, but for my clients when I'm setting up their email automations. In fact, sometimes I use Flowdesk to create those images so I can take advantage of their layouts. I just treat it like Canva and save the images to my computer. But if you are going to use images, make sure you're balancing it out with text. Don't put everything in the image. And if you do have words as images, make sure you use the alt text. Not only is this what will show if images are turned off or broken for some reason, It's how screen readers read images in your email. In fact, that's what alt text was originally created for. And side note, that's not limited to your emails. You should be using alt text on your website as well. And then the last thing I want to cover today is dedicated sending infrastructure. You've probably heard the terms dedicated sending domain and dedicated IP address, and that you should have them if you want to stay out of the junk box. You may have even heard people use those terms interchangeably, but they are actually two different things. Let's define them and then we'll talk more about what that means for your email so you can decide what you should do for your business. Your sending domain is the website domain your emails come from, and your IP address is the computer address that your emails are sent from. Your IP address does have a reputation and that reputation does matter but not as much as your sending domain. Email service providers understand that you may switch email platforms, and if that happens, you'll most certainly have a new IP address. If your IP address was the only thing that mattered, spammers could easily just keep switching IPs and never get caught for their spammy tactics. Now, that doesn't mean you never want a dedicated IP. Typically, high-volume senders, those who are sending upward of 100,000 emails per month, according to SendGrid, would qualify for a dedicated IP address. But even then, it's not required. Your sending domain is where the majority of your reputation is going to come from. If you're using a dedicated sending domain, this is much less likely to change, so it holds a lot more weight when scoring your reputation. This is why if you have really bad email sending habits, all of your emails could end up in the junk box like the client I mentioned earlier. The reputation of your domain is heavily, if not completely, influenced by your email engagement metrics. Now that you understand the distinction between these two terms, you'll see that the majority of you do not need to worry about a dedicated sending IP address. But you might be wondering about a dedicated sending domain, so... Let's discuss. By default, when you sign up for an email marketing platform like Klaviyo, you are on a shared sending domain. That's why your emails will say your from name and then via Klaviyo after it. Check out the full transcript of this episode for a screenshot of what I'm talking about. Link is in the show notes. Most email marketing experts will tell you that this is an absolute no-no and you must be on your own dedicated sending domain. Otherwise, you will ruin your reputation and automatically be put in spam. This is half true. Yes, if you are on a shared domain, your sending reputation is partially lumped in with everyone else that is also on that sending domain. This is usually the reason why you hear people say, oh, I hate enter email marketing platform here because all my emails go to junk. 
it's not the platform as a whole. It's a combination of the shared domain and your own personal sending reputation. On Klaviyo, they specifically talk about how they deal with all of these shared things on their platform. They're constantly monitoring the performance of their senders and grouping together those with similar sending habits and reputations so that you're not lumped in with people who can excessively drag down your deliverability. And in fact, hosted platforms like this will remove people who are out there spamming people to protect their own reputation. So look, Being on a shared domain is not immediately going to wreck your deliverability. It does, however, mean that you're not 100% in control of it. But sometimes that can actually work in your favor because you are sending from a domain that has a history and a reputation. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, I switched platforms and my open rate and everything went up? That's because technically you're on a new sending domain and IP address, and while you're not starting with a completely blank slate, it is cleared off a smidge. Ultimately, whether you're going to be on a dedicated sending domain is a choice you get to make. There's no right or wrong answer. It's the one that's best for you. Just know that if you do go the dedicated sending domain route, you are 100% responsible for the reputation of that domain, and if you fuck it up, it's going to be really hard to bounce back. But you know what? If you focus on sending emails to people that have opted in to receive email marketing from you and you're sending them great content that they want to read, it's also hard to fuck it up. The one really important thing to be aware of, whether you're switching email platforms and will be on a new IP address or going from a shared domain to a dedicated domain, you have to warm up those new addresses. Typically, you'll want to start with all of your automations before you start sending campaigns since those tend to get better engagement. And then when you are sending campaigns, you'll want to send those only to your most engaged people for the first few weeks. Then you can slowly start layering in more and more of your list. As long as you stay above those email marketing benchmarks I talk more about in episode 19 of the podcast, you are good to go. But this is why if you're thinking about going from a shared domain to a dedicated domain, I recommend you do that during a slower period in your business. You don't want to be making that switch during Q4, right? Because with the warming process, you won't be able to send your offers to as many people without risking your reputation. So what's the moral of today's episode? What's the most important thing you should take away from this? Focus on sending great content to people that care about what you have to say If you do that, you will be just fine. If you struggle with what to send in your email marketing, I'll link to a few episodes in the show notes that can help you do that better. Go ahead and scroll down in your podcast app or head to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash 131 for all the links and the transcript of today's episode. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.